Listen up, squibs. You may find this podcast to be fucking explicit. episode of Full Metal RPG. It's been a, it feels like it's been an incredibly short week. I am your host, Brendan Carrion, and I am joined as always by Ben Bailey. What is up, everybody? Happy to be back. And uh, today we got a special guest. We got the uh, one, the only, the uh, Phoenix Valley gaming sensation and godfather, Jim Miller. What up, Jim? That's how you can tell when you're like digging for the bottom of the barrel. You're like, you're like, I'm gonna dip in the well. Who the fuck is left? Oh, there's Jim. Jim's oh, left. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dude. That's, no, that's it's exactly not the one it. and only. It's let's be real about this. It's like there was nobody else on a Tuesday night that you can grab for the podcast. Oh, so you dip in the I, Jim Miller. I, well. I got a wait. I got a waiting list, son. I got. I could. I could have had. I could have had motherfuckers down here. The people. People are always like, Yo, bro, I'm gonna be on your show. And I'm like, Dude, no, that's not true. That's not. That's not <laughs> That's not a real thing. <clears throat> anyway, so um, speaking of the show, Jim, thanks for bringing that around. Um, some of you may be wondering, Brendan, I just want to interact with Full Metal RPG when I'm not listening to podcasts. All the kids are telling me that on how the street. Can, how can I do that? Well, let me tell you, little Billy, there's a lot of ways. Um, our primary vector is Instagram. Get at us, at Full Metal RPG. That's one word, Instagram. Uh, we have we have some pretty good followers on there, and I think that we post sure. some not terrible content. Um, still don't have the Twitter thing going, but I'm on Facebook. Full Metal RPG is on Facebook. Our I'm good buddy Facebook. Ben Bailey is on Facebook. You can find the Crit Hit group that on Jim Facebook. Miller runs on Facebook. Okay. Um, and then, you know, you c- sometimes I say this for the end of the show. Sometimes I just don't say it at all. But today I'm going to say... We'd love it if you'd leave a five-star review on iTunes. These five-star reviews, they really just um, they really make the show much more visible. So if you, if you could take a moment out of your life, out of your, your busy time, you could go on and you could give us five stars. It would be great. If we have not earned five stars, I would completely understand. Because this is a fucking freak show where the wheels are getting ready to fall off at like any moment. I get it. So just write me and tell me, Brendan, I think the quality sucks, and tell me what you would like to be better. But if you can't think of a single damn thing, then go on iTunes and give us a five-star review. And if you could accompany that with some words, that'd be even better. Now, here's one that we just got on September 18th. I'm going to read it out loud for you guys. It says, stumbled onto your podcast from Instagram. See, this is an Instagram follower. Thank you. We appreciate you. Great conversations. I think the idea of swapping stories after a session is a great format. It's a highlight reel for RPGs, and it's fun and engaging listening. Keep it rolling. And that is from, I'm going to butcher this, Zemostay. Zemostay. Zemostay? Anyway, Zemostay, thanks, man. We appreciate you. Now, you know, if you guys want to go on, you're going to be like Zemo Stay here, and you want to, like, light us up and say something nice, that'd be great. So say something helpful for the kiddies who might be looking at FMRPG, trying to get, you know, some info, intel on what's going on in the show. That'd be awesome. But if you just want to write some completely fucking trippy, like, like <laughs> balls-out type shit, 
That's awesome, too. I'll read it online. Whenever I do one of these things, I'm going to read one of our new reviews, okay? So write me something that you think I'll read, like, due to the content of your show, I have ascertained that Ben is the Zodiac Killer. I will read that oh. online. And you then, better, and you better then, leave your address when you post that I'm review. I'm going to get on there so and I'll be like, uh, there needs to be more talk of ball-looking <laughs> on this RPG <laughs> well, show. Well, well, Jim, <laughs> we did just bring you on, right? <laughs> so there we go, live you're, on you're, the air. You're here, buddy. You're here. Welcome. Wait, you, know, you, know why, you know why this podcast is really good? Why I like this podcast so much? And, why, and why, you like why it's the official podcast of Crit Hit. Ah, is, dude, uh, this is great. Lay it on me. Because I, I listen to a lot of... I listen to a lot of um, a lot of RPG podcasts. It's it's pretty much like the only podcast that I listen to. I listen to um, all those as well. And um and so there's there's different takes on podcasts. Like some people have a very uh, scholarly, literary kind of take on it, um, where they're they're really trying to dissect things down, and and that's and it's it's very um, again it's it's very scholarly, a scholarly take on it, which is okay. Like and there's some of them out there that are literally trying to rip off like NPR. Like when they start on today's <laughs> episode, we're going to talk about dice. Yeah, and know. so it's, it's kind of like that style. Um, and and uh, there's an actual play podcast like that. Um, and then some are just kind of general discussions. This one, one of the reasons why I like this one is, is one, because um, there's a certain filter, I think, that people have like on these podcasts, right? And and uh, where they try and present sort of a, a radio type show. Mm. You know, like a lot of podcasts at their base try and imitate um, radio because sure. that's, that's like the closest analogous thing to it. Absolutely. That's and how that's you cool. learn how to do one of these shows, to be totally honest. I listen to a lot of NPR myself, right. and that's how I kind of learned how you're supposed to supposed to do this. Right. Sure. Yeah, I love and I love NPR, and I love that stuff too. But but there's, there's a point that that medium uh, limits you, right? So you, can, you can't get like really real on shows no. and stuff like that on, on like – traditional radio stuff and so this podcast doesn't like you guys talk like very real like shit's fucked up like that's how i talk you know that's how me and my friends talk this is how we engage our hobby and i think the having the format that you guys have actually works in your favor because one you're using the medium to its full extent meaning you're not filtering it naturally the way that like you would on a radio because you're worried about something gonna fucking bleep you out and and two it's very honest and raw like you know there's there's a certain amount of like almost like a a I don't want to say like a corporate speak, but like there's a certain veneer that certain people put on. We're like, well, you know, it could be improved by this. And, yeah. And, and yeah. But, but the bottom line is, is when you're playing this hobby, all of us have way too many fucking books and not enough fucking time to play them. So you got time for all that bullshit. You got to get right down to the, like, this sucks. You need to go out and fucking buy this book right now. Like I listened to the podcast about the, the well, I'm probably jumping the gun, but the uh, inverted church. Beneath the inverted, inverted church. Yeah, beneath the inverted church. I heard that. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. And so I like ran out and like, boom, clicked it right away. Like, give me a t-shirt, give me everything. Like, I was sad. I just found out I missed out on the cards, which kind of pisses me off. But um, Oh, the Dungeons yeah, cards? I, I'm, I'm really that. hoping that Justin, Justin, if you're listening, I'm really hoping that he reprints them because yeah. they're so good. I got a couple right there. You can check them out. Yeah, I, leave I, you I live for that kind of stuff, especially since I run um, like Dungeon World type stuff where I like doing stuff on the fly. That seems perfect. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Perfect for Dungeon Fly. Yeah. yeah, but see stuff like that. Like I need to know the raw, real deal. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't candy it up for me, um, because I'm gonna find out. Like if I go and spend my hard-earned money on something that um, I want to play, I want to know what it's really like. Yeah, man, I, I feel you. Go ahead. It's kind of interesting you're talking about that because I was thinking to myself. I was like, I was like, what if? This is when I opened up Beneath the Rear Church. I'm like. What if this fucking sucks? Like, like, what if this sucks? Are we gonna get out there and be like, "Yo, right. dog!" Like, it was great, kinda, you know, like. But 
I, I wasn't put in that position, honestly. Yeah. You know, which is great. So I didn't yeah. have to worry about that. But, I was uh, I was a little worried myself because we had had so much build up with with Justin and I was and we we worked so closely with him and I was like what if it's not good, but it's great so you don't even have to worry about yeah, that. Yeah, I don't have to worry it's like about fucking that. Fucking amazing. You I don't have to cross had, that bridge yet. I've had uh, people write me and they're like they're like your uh, um your endorsement seems pretty like uh, hearty. Like are you, are you serious? And I'm like yes, yes I'm serious. Um. And yeah, I, it, a lot of what you were saying, dude, really rings true to me, with me because, and I first of all, thank you for listening. I appreciate that. Definitely. I, appreci- I appreciate all of our listeners. You know, every single time I see somebody clicks play on one of these fucking things, which I uh, can't imagine. I, I have to say, I'd say like like literally Thursday, the the day after posting, Brendan like checks every so often yeah. how many listens he's getting. Nice. Yeah, every couple <laughs> hours. Let's so let me tell you one other thing. So here's, here's the thing about how much I like the, the format of this podcast. I actually, I listen to Shadowstorm Radio Hour and I am not a World of Darkness person. Like, I don't like Vampire. I don't like, oh. I don't like the system. I don't like the rules. Oh, this is awkward. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, it's not my thing only because, uh, I, I don't know, I, I think the rules are a little too clunky, but I'm coming from like second edition, I think. And, um, and then, and I had a whole weird experience with vampire players. Uh, that happens. Into, yeah. That's yeah, a thing. Does. That's a real thing. Yeah, it is a real thing. Like, yeah. Uh, so here's my vampire story. So I was in Korea. and um, All right. This is definitely, yeah. this is this one starts out way more intense than others. Yeah. I'm in Korea. All and, right. You're in, you're and in and Korea. I'm in a bookstore. And I just got back into role playing after a, a big hiatus, right? And uh, so I'm looking around at the very, very, very fucking meager role playing books that they have in Korea. Now, now, hang on, just a little bit of context. Is this when you were a GI? Yeah, yeah. I was an army. I was in the army, and I was in the 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 uh, the post bookstore. So they have like a little bookstore that they have. Oh, on, so this on is the on the base. On the base, they and they got some role playing books for you guys. Very, yeah, there's like very few. It's like a little spindle, literally like like the old comic oh, a book spinner. spindle. A yeah, spinner. like a spinner. Or they had they had the books in them. And in there, they, they had just gotten, I was like, hey, do you guys have any role-playing books by chance? So, yeah, actually, we just got some books. Um, go back there. They're in that little spinner thing. He's like, I don't know what it is, but I know we just got a new one in. And lo and behold, it was second edition uh, Vampire. Which should have been the most joyful moment in your life. It was, well, I I, opened, I looked at it. It was for a second because I opened it. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And I look at it, and there's like a bunch of goth kids in it. And I'm like, "Holy yeah. shit! This is this this is like this. I'm home. It's like being right back home in L.A. Right? Because you know I grew up like L.A. goth kid. And uh, and so I'm looking through it and the aesthetic and the whole way it was set up and and just the story and the the mythos behind it was really really cool. And so I grabbed it and I read it and I took it to my D and D group and I'm like, hey man, I want to try out this vampire game. I'm like, I don't know about vampires. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah. no, 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 it'll be cool. Like, you get, it's not like fucking Dracula. It's not like that at all. It's it's totally different. Like, there's factions and they're warring and there's all this weird shit, and it's all about the drama as opposed to like you're just gonna sit there and fucking like suck on people's necks all night. But these are dudes you're playing with on base. These are army dudes, right? Okay. Okay. So these are army dudes. So I'm playing with them and we have a great. I ran a great vampire campaign. Um, I ran it. It was all supposed to be in L.A. and it was all based just off of the one book, and uh, we had a fairly good time with it. Um, and so I was really hyped for it. And so this is '98. So I come back to the states, all hyped up. I just got back into role playing. I'm back into D and D. I got into vampire, and I'm like, all right, let me go to the local game store. And he's like, all right, where's all the vampire players? And the guy looked at me. He's like, you sure you want to? want a game with those guys and i was like yeah man i want to play fucking vampires fucking <laughs> oh, awesome. i just no. ran a campaign i ran like a six-month campaign that was just fucking kicked ass and i literally just finished it like two weeks ago i need to start running this thing again and like all right well they meet up here you know like on a wednesday night or something like that you know like uh, and it's but uh we actually have more uh werewolf players 
That's and I was thing. like, that's definitely a thing I've yeah. encountered. And he's like, uh, "Have you played Werewolf?" I was like, "No," but we had a guy in my group who's really into Werewolf, so I I know it a little bit. And he's like, "All right, cool." So I show up, and Jesus Christ, I fucking hated everyone. <laughs> 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 oh, they were just such douchey. They were. Ugh. See, I'm I'm a, I'm. So first of all, I'm a middle aged man who still fucking like rails against like like fucking mall goths, right? Because it still bugs me. It still offends me to a certain degree, right? Even at, at my age, you figure like this would end at some point, but it doesn't. You still fucking end up hating. Dude, I've anymore. let it go, man. I'm not. I even, thought I did too. I don't even give a shit anymore. But this this was again '98s, right? Okay. And so okay. it was all like the little like mall goths, and they're trying to like uh, they just they were like so. Th- there was a point when I was growing up listening to the music that I did and being in the scene that I was, where there was a point where it was like you were too much. Right, like you were, you were just ridiculous, and we sort of shunned you for going too far, right? <laughs> and um, and that's like to me, that's what all these little kids were, and I was like, oh, I hate every it, one of you, and I never want to play this again. I, I have found that the goth scene is way more um, accepting of that type of behavior than than it basically than, than even the role playing scene. I feel like I feel like you go into the goth scene, and people will still put up with that crap. Yeah, but what what I th- I think I. My, my experience with this type of personality that you're talking about, and there may be some drama kids, some theater kids out there, and I'm about yeah. to hurt your feelings, but it just reminds me of those theater kids oh, from high school who are just, worst. like, over the fucking top, and they're fucking kind of... In, they, they think that, like, they're the star of the show. Everybody's, like, watching them constantly. Pretentiousness. Yeah. Super yeah, pretentiousness. Yeah, that's, the, that's the shit that always bugged me. Yeah, ben puts a, a, a word on it. Thank yeah, you. that's yeah. the shit that always bugged me, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Fuck that. And that yeah, was the dude. thing, man, is because, like, I think the potential, like, for the World of Darkness games was... For these really dramatic things, but I think because they use that drama thing so much, it did sort of get these sort of pretentious kids. Yeah, and then with the vampire thing, and you get all these guys showing up with kind of like mid-length, long, greasy right, hair. Right. Yeah. And they're exactly. Like wearing those like, guys. like crushed velvet jackets, right. and like the, they have like the coke fingernail, and right. you're just like, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah. are we gonna play a game or what? You know, I, I don't know, man. It was, it and was, so that kind of soured me to the whole thing, and then oh, I, and, I, and I, rightly so, dude. Yeah. And rightly so. Fuck um, that. But, but despite all that, and then I just didn't like the system very much. Like, because it, it got ridiculous after a while. You're just doing like it a does, gazillion it tin, does. D10s. Like, yeah. Like, oh, well, you can just cut some of them out. Like, I don't want to cut them out. Like, I want to roll dice. So I'm rolling like 15 D10s to do an action. Is it, it just got kind of clunky for me. So I kind of put it aside. Um, but I still listen to Shadowstorm Radio Hour because it's fucking fascinating to me because I still love all the, the story and, and the aesthetic and the things and, and just kind of hearing people talk about. Um, a product very real like you guys talk very real about it it's still engaging even to somebody who doesn't that's not my jam right like I don't that's not my thing and um, and so th- that speaks to 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 the podcast of like how the format really fucking works for, well, I, for our hobby I am really glad that you like that show dude because that show is super fun to make and um, Adam and I love we fucking love World of Darkness it's like a religion to us it right. has been for 20 fucking years and um Definitely when we first started, we kind of had these conversations where we were like, we got to be kind of nice to these books. Like, what if, like, uh, somebody from White Wolf hears us, like, trash one of their books or something, and then, then like, we're persona non grata forever. And then it's just like, you know what, man? Fuck it. I don't even care anymore. Like, if you put out a bad book, then you are... 
You know, like it's like Corey Feldman like crying on TV that no, <laughs> the people the people made fun of his dance moves. It's like, yo, homie, if people had loved your dance moves, were you gonna be like, no, no, don't love my dance but moves? See, but then nobody does, and then I, he he wants he only wants it one way. I want to point out too that like remember what I was saying about that? It's like it's like that dude probably surrounds himself with a bunch of people who just say, yeah, man, that shit was fucking gold. Was yeah, and it's oh, yeah. fucking horrible, yeah. you know. And then and this is the type of service that you can do for them. If you don't like a fucking book, let them know. You know, yeah. they make better well, books. If you're not saying it on the podcast, like somebody is saying it at a table. Yeah. Right? And if you're so insulated that you can't take the critique of when something sucks, then it sucks. Like I used well. to put out, I used to put out, I used to put out videos, right? Like that was my thing as I did con coverage. And, um, and some of my videos were fucking horrible. Um, but after a while, when you create stuff, people tend to insulate you and keep telling you how great you are, which is great. Like you should always encourage people, but you got to listen to that criticism. Like, you know, uh, I never had direct criticism for my own stuff more than than my than myself. Like I was the worst critic because I would point out every technical detail that's wrong with my videos, and and you need that criticism so I can improve it. And I would tell yeah. people like, don't sugarcoat my shit. Tell me what. Tell me the thing that you didn't like. Like you're not gonna hurt my feelings. Tell me what you really didn't like. And it it's was hard to get people to do that. They don't want to be honest with you. They don't want to be real. Yeah. And you got it. You got it. Because that's yeah. how you improve stuff. So people like, don't like from white people don't like confrontation or? and conflict. So that's like you know yeah. one of those things. Well, they, just back they off. All, they, I don't think they trust you to really be able to handle. It. They think you're gonna start crying or you're gonna like unfriend them on Facebook or something. Or you'll get angry with them and then they, that won't be good for them and you know, right, right, right. Other things. Right. You, but you gotta get that. You gotta get that critique. You gotta have certain people who you know are always in your corner regardless of what it is you do. Right. And then you gotta have people who you know are gonna tell you exactly yeah. what's what and that it's goes like into like a whole creative process right? I, think, indeed, I think if you create indeed. you have to have like iron balls because you're going to get kicked repeatedly but at the same time you shouldn't like you shouldn't like bash and be like fuck you you're a piece of shit like, there's a comedian or something right who's like known for being super harsh I can't remember is it Louis C.K. I can't remember somebody and like and he's, he's like known for if a comedian comes up to him and says like hey man uh, what do you think of my set can I make it in this industry he always says no he always says no, no, you can't do it because if if him saying that will stop you, then you can't. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. And it's yeah. just like you know you got you, you you have to you have to go under your own power. It might be just like a generational thing. I think that's what it might be. Like uh, I think there is a certain there is a generational difference, and there is there is a point where you just can't sort of deal with that sort of adversity in that harsh of a tone. Um, and I, and that's like a whole fucking other. Yeah, podcast. we could do a whole podcast on just that. So um. The first order of business that we always confront here on uh, FMRPG is what have you been playing? I'll start. I haven't been playing fucking shit. We just recorded an episode last week, and in the meantime, I managed to get in like one game of Age of Sigmar, which we're not going to talk about here because you guys don't want to fucking hear about that or else you'd be writing me in more stories of Age of Sigmar. Nobody's doing that. So I won't tell you about that shit. I did have a chance to kind of get a campaign, a narrative campaign going for Age of Sigmar, which is like very much more like role-playing oriented, and it's not really like a very it's 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 my attempt to run a tabletop miniatures game with the like least amount of technical wargaming as possible, the least amount of rules, the most amount of narrative. We'll see how it goes. These are uncharted waters for everybody, but I'm not going to fucking burden you guys with the details and sights into that because <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to hear it. Uh, how about you guys? What have you guys been up to? I don't think my situation's changed very much either since last week. I, uh, You know, it's it's sort of the weird time of the time of the year where, like, new magic set hit. And for those who don't know, I play a lot of fucking magic. What can I say? Um, so I've been busy the last couple weekends playing magic with a new set. So my time to game on the weekends has been kind of light. 
Yeah. How about you, Jim? We got you, dude. You're gonna have to pull us out of this quagmire here. It's on you. Yeah. Okay. We um, got not much because I've had a lot of weird shit happen in my life lately, so I haven't had time to devote for games. But I have run a couple of things. Um, I had uh, converted um an old D and D module. Um, what's it called? To, um, it was uh, what is it? It's uh, underneath the slave lords, the pit of the slave lords. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I think I'm. I think I'm. I've heard of this. Yeah, it's like one of the like. It's one of the first AD and D modules, and um, and so I converted it to uh to Dungeon World, and I was running it for my kids for a while. Oh, sweet Dungeon <laughs> World! How was that? And yeah, it was fantastic because my kids just instantly understand Dungeon World. Um, yeah, I think you were telling us about that a while ago about yeah. how your your kids just love Dungeon World. Yeah, they 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 get it right because yeah. it's I think it's Dungeon World is hard for people who any Powered by the Apocalypse game or story game for that matter is harder for people who have gamed. Um, I think inherently it's harder for people to kind of grok, right? To sort of wrap their heads around what it is that you're supposed to do because, you know, you've been beat down, you know, forever about, you know, initiative and how many things you can do. And, like, the GM sort of runs everything. And the GM knows everything. The GM is God. Oh, like, dude, if there's one thing I hate overhearing at the game store is when you hear, like, little kids calling their GM God. Like, well, what does God have to say? Or, like, you hear the GM's kind of, like, pounding on the table. He's like, oh, I'm God here. And I'm just like, I just want to be like, get out. Yeah. Just get out. If if God is, like, a petty tyrant like you, then, like, it's best that, that we, we, <laughs> we miss some apotheosis here. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, no, it, it went really well. Um, it's It was awesome. Uh, my seven-year-old, like, like just totally understands stories you know like he does like just cool shit like like i'm like oh because there's like in in this particular module at one point there's like a weird the way they describe it they don't use the word steampunk but it's a steampunk machine gun right like they they, sure they invent some sort of weird steampunk or no flamethrower uh steampunk kind of flamethrower right and um and they come across it and like without missing a beat my seven-year-old they had a they had like an orc that they had charmed right and uh, without missing a beat, he's like, oh, I'm going to use him as a shield. Let him get toasted. And then I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and run over there and, like, chop him up and, like, kick the thing over so they don't shoot the fire at us anymore. And, like, everyone else is like, oh, we're going to hide. He's like, no, I'm going to use a human shield. I'm going to run towards the thing. I'm going to kick him. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking awesome. Like, yeah. I'm a better role player than I am. Um, so I've been, I played that. Um, that was a while back. I need to get back in that. Um, I ran the game of One Percenter that I invited Ben to. Now, this is not one percenter is like the Donald Trump game. This is yeah. one percenter is the motorcycle. Game. No, you avoid playing taxes, and then you have really creepy relations with your daughter. That's the whole game. It's no, oh, okay. Awesome, yeah. you can, can you LARP that? Yeah, yeah. You have to like awkwardly pat your daughter on the hips, which is kind of gross. Um, you know what I'm talking <laughs> about? That's fucking gross when you do that. Um, no, one uh, percenter basically is uh, Sons of Anarchy, the role-playing game. And... Um, and I'm not into biker culture. It's kind of not my thing, but I, I like the show well enough. And this game seemed engaging enough that, that uh, it, I thought it would be interesting. Uh-huh. And, and I'm kind of at that point. I think board games broke me of the thing of like, don't judge a book by its cover. So I'm at the point now that I'll literally role play anything and play any board game, right? Any board game. I'll play any game, period. Um, because like in, in the board game world, like I learned this because I played a game called Bonanza, right? I'm not familiar uh, with that one. It's, it's a card game? Like it's the, a card the, game, The, the yeah. bean game? Yeah, it's the greatest game you'll play about bean farming. Like, it, And like that sounds mm. like a stupid fucking premise, but it's an amazing fucking game, and it's I love it. It's a fun game. Right. And so I'm like that with any game now. We're like, you know what? It's a fucking weird premise, but I'll try it. So One Percenters is this, this uh, uh, biker gang uh, role-playing game, and it's really cool because it does take some of the tropes from like Sons of Anarchy. 
which is like you do all this fucked up shit, right? And um, and your main uh, commodity that you have, your main resource is something called, you have fucks. You have fucks to give, right? <laughs> okay. So like if Ben's character is getting um, the fuck beat out of him, which fucks serves as both your caring and also sort of your health, right? And it also serves as a way to boost a role. So if, if Ben's getting the fuck kicked out of him, I can give a fuck about his character, meaning I literally give one of my fuck points to him and that gives him a boost on his role to resist or fight back. Um, so you have fucks to give about the world. When you get hit physically, um, you're getting the fuck beat out of you. So you start losing that same commodity. And the only way that you get this resource back is by one of two things. Um, doing something for your community. Because like in Sons of Anarchy, if you ever watch the show, like those biker gangs, they're all like fucking like run guns and drugs and kill people and do all kinds of crazy shit. But then they go and do like a fair right for the community <laughs> like and they all yeah. love him because like one of the bikers dresses up as elvis and he looks nothing like elvis because he's short and fat and has a beard but like <laughs> he's the elvis guy right and the community all love these bikers because they do this like kind of charitable work and so that's how you earn fucks back and um, the other way that you do it is by exacting street justice so if like you know there's some guy who's beating his kid well, you can go up to the dude's house and just kick the shit out of the guy and tell him you know don't fucking lay a hand on this kid and you earn fucks back and uh, so it's it's a really cool so game. It sounds like it has kind of a tongue-in-cheek mechanic. How does it play? Does it play serious? Or oh, does yeah, it play yeah, 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 like, yeah. Does it play, like, funny? No, no, no. It doesn't play serious at all. I mean, just the, the, the only thing that's funny is the fact that it's the resource is called fucks, right? Okay. That's the only thing that's kind of funny. But, but even in the context of reading the book, it's like, oh, you know, your fellow, you know, your, your brother, he's getting the fuck beat out of him. You better go help him. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to give a fuck because if you don't give a fuck, then if you have no more fucks to give, then you're out of the game. Um, cause Is that what happens? Lost. Yeah. Huh. yeah. If you lose that resource, your your character becomes unplayable because you stop caring about anything. And you, if you don't care about anything, then you're kind of useless in the game. Oh, that's kind of interesting. That's interesting. That's yeah. interesting when you think about it that way. Yeah, yeah I like I like that a lot. So it's it's very like really so when you hit this sort of like depressive dial streak and then you're just yeah. out. Like yeah, yeah, you faded away, man. Fuck it. Apparently got- it's a it's a weird hack of uh, a John Wick game, from what I understand. He has a cat game, a game called Cat, and apparently this is kind of a pseudo hack. Oh, yeah, hack. He, t- he told us about the cat game. Yeah, this is a pseudo hack of that game. I, I think it's a little bit different, but um, I really like it. I'm actually going to use this game. Um, I have been uh, messaging Brendan, actually, about about um, about Hellraiser characters. Because well, I thought you were doing that with Nightbane. I wanna, I wanna hack Nightbane, and I wanna actually use this rule system for it. Oh my God, that yeah. is, you're, that is, so complicated. No, you're no. so, you're, no. <laughs> you're, you're the, I mean, no. Okay, look, look, look. The, I'm, I'm certain that the rule conversion is gonna be pretty easy. It sounds like it's like a pretty easy, but I'm just like, you're playing like Hellraiser type stuff. Nightbreed, yeah. Nightbreed and N- Nightbane with a different rule set. Yeah, and, it, oh, and Jesus. It's still, no, it's gonna be great because um, I'm, I'm sure it will. I'm sure if you could, if anybody can do it, it's you. But. Well, the, the, it's it's all about this idea of um, stripping rules down. Like I'm I'm really interested lately in games that are like ultra rules light. Like how much can I do with the least amount of rules? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so I'm gonna hack this to to to. So Nightbane, for those of you who don't know, is basically it's like Nightbreed, the the role playing game, uh, like the the Clive Barker Nightbreed movie. Um, and so you play like these fantastical monsters and stuff like that, and then there's other shadow creatures that are trying to kill you and stuff like that. It's a it's a great fucking system. It's one of those prime examples of like Palladium, which is like some of the best systems in role playing come from Palladium. 
it's just systems not systems i'm sorry uh settings okay because yeah, i was best like settings I was like, what do you what no 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 some of the best settings with the r- worst system yeah in playing. Like, yeah the palladian system so broken and horrible but their settings their can their campaign worlds and all the things that they build are all fucking they're awesome just with a shitty engine so um i want to take all the that shitty engine out and just use sort of the shell and use this really super rules light game um to try and tell these stories and see how it comes out. So cool, that's, man. Yeah, that's kind of a thing. Let us know how it goes, dude. I, I ever since you were talking about the the Hellraiser game, I was like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. I've always wanted to do something like that, like a game that just takes place like in hell. I wanted to do like a game that takes place right. in hell, and you're like, and there's like a combination of characters that are um, just like souls that ended up in hell because they're like uh, they're 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 fuck ups, and then there's like souls of humans that are in hell because they're infernalists and they're they're getting their infernalist reward which is probably not quite what they thought it was and then there's characters also that are um that are like demons or or devils or infernal entities right and then uh they all have to kind of like work together and against each other and it's kind of it it would be like it would be kind of like a combination of vampire the masquerade and then like hellraiser 2 you know what i'm saying it would just be like with a lot of like a lot of fighting and but but with like really really um, gruesome and over the top visuals, you know, right, would right. be sort of what I was going for. But I've never really been able to find like the kind of language to tell the story. And sometimes, I mean, I, I'm not even kidding when I tell you that I've had this kind of like percolating in my head for like a decade. Like like, well, what would I do? What would I do? There was something about in the Hellraiser movies the um, the flayed people walking right. around that just really something it just it just fucking just just fucking like jizzed like right in my <laughs> third eye just like it just li- like fucking lives there so i've got all this like mayan shit like tattooed to my arms i just can't can't get away from these f- these this idea of like these flayed flayed people right. that, are, that exist in some kind of um uh uh demiplane you know some sort right. of hideously evil and ugly and painful Demi plane. Anyway, that's no, no, that's totally interesting. I mean, uh, like, like the more I, I I think about like you know converting this game, the more that I'm finding that I'm I'm doing actually kind of in that direction where I'm kind of interested about like the things that motivate these people and then how that physically manifests themselves. Yeah, and I think I think that's I think that's kind of where I'm going to end up going with the game is I'm going to kind of make my own version of that game of of cool monsters fighting other monsters. And one of the things that I really like about Nightbane. Um, is that there's there's factions like there's there it does exist in a world with like vampires it does exist in a world with magicians like all those other things that are in palladium exist in that same world hey that's palladium everything crosses over right right, yeah so i so i like the idea of like really taking apart all those archetypes and um and paring it down to like what is it that they do and why they do it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of where this game is going to end up going because i want to do something really dark and really just um, over the top because all my horror games that I run I love running horror it's it's, it's one of my favorite horror things horror games is uh, you know I like doing it over the top I like doing it super bloody super gory super shocking and that's kind of my thing and so this is going to be kind of a cool outlet for that you're going to love me if you invert a church on me yeah <laughs> you're going to enjoy the shit out of that um, as, as I have mused about this game the problem I run into consistently is what is the negative repercussion for the characters, right? Like, they're already dead, you know? They're trapped in, like, an eternal demiplane, and they're already in hell, 
So they're in like so right. not only are they dead, but they're in the worst place they could be, you know. So like, there has to be some kind of consequence, other than just saying, "Oh, your character gets like thrown into a machine that like you know slowly rips out his guts for the re- remainder of eternity, and right. you're stuck there." You know, I mean, um, there has I don't know maybe. It, it has to be something mechanical. There so one of the things that I want to do. has to be some do. kind of resource. It has to be that's like a, exactly r- it. a yeah. resource. And that's where I was going. Like I wanted to do this idea of like, um, so for like that, uh, so the resource that I want to use is basically almost like a vampire type thing where you lose your humanity or your, your soul or what connects you sort of to other people. Mm-hmm. I think because that losing that connection, like that's when you're, you're lost, right? Like Sure. Like, you know, that's 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 what a psychopath is like, right? Or, or a sociopath. You're just completely disassociated from reality and from <laughs> from other people, from other humans. You don't you just don't care. So you're kind of just an animal at that point. Right. Yeah. And so I like the idea, like even for that, like that'd be cool is like what if you're like you're this sort of hell creature and, and your resource is hope. Right. Because if you start losing hope that you can get out of hell, then you just you're stuck in hell. And you don't give a shit what happens to you. You just stop caring. So again, it's that that sort of idea, like like in that game, the one percenter game, where they have fucks as a resource. Like if you just stop giving a fuck, then why you, you don't play anymore? Like you're you're lost. Yeah. So maybe like hope or something like that, where you know. Um, it's hard when you get into metaphysics. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you start getting into metaphysics, and you're like, well, what is eternity, and like, what is a self, and. We have to yeah. also think about like what's going to motivate them. Like why? Why do you do things? Yeah. Why awesome. you do? Why you do anything besides just sit around and like like say you're playing a demon character? Why do you sit around doing anything other than like having orgies and, and torturing people all day? Why would you know what gets? You I don't out need of the to house? be a demon for that. That's like Saturday for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, Jim, Jim, you. And then it became like makes. we're going to Marquis de Phoenix. Jim, yeah. the whole podcast <laughs> turned into let's design Jim's game. <laughs> 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 um. So so that's what you've been playing. You've been playing um, some that one, I've one been uh, play testing um, with a girlfriend. Um, a game called Jinx, which is a two-player uh, role-playing game that plays in like fifteen minutes. Okay. Um, yeah, and like the whole premise for that is it's it's one of these role-playing games that always starts out the same with the same premise. Um, so you're two witches. Oh right, yeah, right. You're, you're two witches, and you're squabbling over. Um, but may or may not be a misunderstanding, and the game always ends in one of the witches dying. And so the game takes place in like four rounds where you go back in time to sort of... So it starts off in the present, and you set up the situation where these two witches are like right ready to kill each other. They're in the situation where they're going to kill each other, right? Um, and then you start playing in phases where you go back, like like back in time, like, all right, so what was the first thing that happened? This is like the movie Memento. Second, right, yeah. What's the second thing that had happened that got them closer to the step? What's the third thing that happened got closer to the step? And then finally, now you're at that step where one of you is going to die. And you, then you, you start, resolve it. You started writing this at Crit Hit, right? Yeah, yeah. We wrote it at Crit Hit, and, um, and I have a really basic loose outline for it. And cool. And so we're, uh, we're trying to play test as much as we can and get notes in there. And, and I just I like the concept of like flashing back. To see how you got to the present. Yeah, right? so, yeah. And it also does that thing that I love to do in role playing games. One of my favorite tricks in role playing games is starting in media res. Is this? Is this? Uh, are you looking for other people to help play test this by any yeah, chance? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, can you run it with what you have available, like yeah. with you here after this episode? I'd yeah. love to try this yeah. game. Oh, like today? Yeah, why not? Fifteen minutes, he said. <laughs> Fifteen minutes, man. Fifteen minutes. Yeah, deck of cards. Fifteen minutes. That's it. What kind? Of, you need bicycle cards? Yeah, just regular cards. Yeah. 
Yeah, so eventually, eventually, what I'm going to do is yeah, uh, fuck that. <laughs> I'm actually talking yeah. to a couple of artists because um, the idea that we wanted the whole basis of the mechanic for the game was supposed to be you're using tarot cards. Yeah, and you can use a regular playing cards, but I'm actually talking to some um, a couple of local artists, and I'm going to try and produce like sets of tarot cards Neat. that are different, um, uh, like campaigns or like different different oh, versions yeah. of it. So like, there's one like like the main version is basically like just basically regular, you know, in the U.S. Two witches, modern times. But then like, um, my girlfriend's like, it would be really cool to do like a like a like a 1700s, you know, mm-hmm. like a Salem witch. Salem mask, exactly. Yeah. I was thinking, yeah. And and she brought up, she said something, and I took it the wrong way, and she was meaning something else, but it was it was like, I was like, oh, that's fucking brilliant, like African in Africa, like witch doctors in Africa, kind of a thing. Uh-huh. Like I think that's great, like really primal, you know, like way back in in history. Um, you know, it's not in modern times. It's you know, it's a thousand years ago in Africa, and this is these primitive like African tribes. Mm-hmm. Like that would be really cool. She was actually talking about something more voodoo-ish, <laughs> but um, mm. but like that's really cool too. Like s- something in like Louisiana and very yeah. voodoo inspired. And so yeah. there's a lot of ways you can sort of tweak the game for that. So absolutely, yeah. yeah. Hey, that's cool. That's cool. I'll be interested in watching this. I'll be interested in what you guys play. Um, what have we been tracking, gentlemen? What this is the part where we talk about what we've been what we what we've been uh uh watching come out. So what are, what are the new releases and the things that we like? I'm drawing a blank, but you and I were looking yeah. at a game today. That game was well, okay. So that's in, it's a Kickstarter. It's a Kickstarter, yes. Uh, Key Kanga Kanaga, something like that. It's a it's a Afrocentric. Role-playing game. Afrocentric role-playing game on... Um, on Kickstarter. On Kickstarter, yeah. And it has a it has a whole group of African-American developers behind it who are... who come from uh, comics and sci-fi and fantasy backgrounds. So they're not slouches. They know what they're doing. Uh, and I think it's kind of interesting. I think it's an interesting it, it, idea. You know, honestly, too, it was one of those things where I looked at it, and the f- one of the first things we n- I noticed was that, like had a cheap buy-in to get a physical book. It was like $25. Yeah, you got to love that. So I was like, well, you know, $25, that's easy. You know, yeah. done. It kind of bums me out that it's like 100 bucks to get like a uh, to get a Game Master screen. I'm kind of like, yo. But it's all good. Yeah, it's called it's called Key Kanaga. Kanga. Right. Key Kanga. Key Kanga. Yes, a sword and soul role-playing game. And, uh, or you know what? I, I'm taking back everything positive I said about this podcast. Like, fuck this podcast, because during this section is where all my money fucking goes oh, away. Oh yeah, <laughs> like this yeah. this part right here, what we're doing, <laughs> this is not helping anybody. Like, you're making people poor. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the motherfuckers got bills to pay and kids to feed. Somebody right? hit me you up can't about be that. About on your fucking <laughs> Kickstarter shit. You know, it's funny because it's like it's like it's like it's not like we're shows for people. We just this is what we fucking love and this is what we do. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And well, you're not helping. You're not helping. It, like I'm poor. Like, my my bank account feels the same pain yours does bro <laughs> like i'm just yeah. sharing it with everybody let's see it says a uh, new sword and soul african inspired epic and heroic fantasy role-playing game that uses regular playing guards to resolve conflicts and to achieve feats in a fun and dynamic way that helps keep action drama moving okay that doesn't really say much but there's some interesting pictures on here and i i, I did some due diligence on the creators and I like I, I kind of vetted them a little bit. I like it. I like it a lot. So I backed it. Um, backed it at twenty five dollars, which gets you a book. 
you can't go wrong. You know, that's, that's the what I want, man. I want a fucking book. RPGs, right? Like, I was explaining this to the to uh, I forgot the guy's name, man. I'm drawing a blank. The guy who's opening the new game shop in town. Oh, I've never met that dude. Oh, there's a guy who's opening a new game shop in town, and I was telling him, I was like, you need a, you need, if you stock, like, I will personally buy the amount of books that you need to get started the account with Indie Press Revolution. And I was like, because like I will, I will run games. I will run indie games and, and help you sell these books. Yeah. Um, because indie games are really great in that respect in that um, most of them have a low buy-in. You know, we're it's talking true. 20, 25 bucks. That's actually like uh, impulse buy money, right? It's not a big commitment. Yeah, it's not, it's not you, you pick up like Numenera and you're like, this is like 60 bucks. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if it yeah, sucks, man. it's sitting on your shelf yeah. for $60 fucking Polaris, man, 100 bucks. Ouch. $100. Ouch. Yeah, I mean, I don't well, know. what was that one? That Monty Cook fucking game is two hundred. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, but then Ben he pointed out that that it wasn't actually two hundred bucks. This is what I wanted to tell you the other night when oh, we were yeah. dinner. It's yeah. not actually two hundred bucks. It's two hundred bucks for the very, very base thing. Yes. And then there are stretch goals that have additional books at forty five dollars a piece. Oh yeah. And if you buy all the books because it's a, what it's a splash release. Yeah. It's more like five hundred. Oh, that that was fucking killing me because like this guy like that premise like, was so fucking sweet too. Yeah. It, it is, but it's been. It's, people are doing it, so people are using sure. like Slack, right? You know Slack. Okay. Um, it's it's a it's a collaboration meeting software. People are doing that already. Like the things that Monty Cook is doing, people are already doing that with with free tools, right? Like Google has a thing called Spaces, and it's it's like their version of Slack. And so the the whole like killer app of of Monty Cook's game is that you can play it offline, like when your whole group isn't there. You can play one on one. Like okay, so you can play play by post. Wow. That that was the mechanic? Well, essentially, yeah. Or like you can meet in a coffee shop and just do a little side quest. Well, that's... <laughs> yeah, so what? You don't We've need We've been a doing that since the 90s. Exactly. <laughs> that's There's true. Nothing... We have been doing that since the 90s. <laughs> and if you do it using something like Slack or like um, or, or Google Spaces where it's like your own private little like collaboration thing, you can put your whole thing on there and do like a play-by-post, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Powered by the Apocalypse, um, actually Apocalypse World, they're one of their killer app features, right? If you want to call it like technology, like their killer features is is um, the love letter. Do you guys know about the love letter? Yeah, I've heard of love, love yeah, letters. Yeah, so in Apocalypse World, you have a love letter, right? So it's like you write a letter like to the character, like dear Brendan's character. Right. The last time we saw you, you you know were uh, fleeing this town because of your love and blah, blah, blah. And whatever your story is, you know, because you have like a vampire thing, right? So... Um, in the years that have passed, um, this thing happened to you. And then it gives you a task, like roll this, and it gives you the, the power by the apocalypse. If you know if it's six or under, then you don't get anything. If it's a seventh or nine, then you might get a hold or something, a currency that can, you can use in the game the next time we play. Yeah. So these are not new things that Monty Cook's doing. He just packaged it up in 200 fucking dollars. Eh. And so that's why I was like, ugh, save your money. Fucking yeah. I, think you, I think you had a deeper reading of it than I did. I just saw the pretty lights and was like, eh, I kind of want this. Yeah, I just yeah. saw those cool pictures of like I the tentacle too. shadows. And I was like, tentacle shadows? I love that shit. Yeah, me too. And so I'm I'm hovering. So there I was. The reason I'm so adamant because I was hovering above the fucking like pledge <laughs> button, right? Like literally the little mouse, the, the cursor was sitting right above it. I'm getting ready to, I'm like, it's 200 fucking dollars. Yeah, dude. And I was like, I can't do it. Like, it's, it's for stuff that I already kind of have been wanting to do with my games anyway. You know what? I'm going to go buy a fucking $25 book and give you know somebody else a shot. Your experience yeah. with that is very close to mine. I was so close to actually purchasing it. And, like, I I I'd put it on hold. And I was like, okay, I'll come back to this later and check it out. And so I'm, I'm about to click the $200. And I'm like, I just want to see, make sure what I actually get. 
So I went back through, and then I realized, well, I want these other fucking books. And at that point, I was just like, nah, I can't yeah, do this. And then, like how they tell you, like, you don't all have to, you know, not everyone has to own one. Just pitch all, pitch You can it. share it. Yeah. That's <laughs> sure. such like a rich, pretentious fuck way of doing things. Like, hey, kids, you can't all fucking have the expensive burger. So, so why subsidize. don't all you poor kids yeah. like, pitch in yeah. 10 bucks yeah. each? Yeah. Pay your taxes to the rich guy. Yeah, and you can you can cut it up in little slices, and then you can take turns. Like you know, hey, this week uh, Brendan gets to hold the book, and next week <laughs> yeah, right. Ben gets to hold the book, and then three weeks later Jim gets to hold the book, but he can't love it too much because he has to give it to fucking somebody else the week after because we're too fucking poor to buy this game. Yeah, yeah. The whole I mean the entire notion of the uh, I've been kind of tracking for a while now, um, the artistic idea of the unique item. When I was in Los Angeles, I was friends with this guy uh, who was an artist, and he lived in an, an artist's community with his wife. They were, they were both they were both awesome artists. And one of the things that he was working against in his art was the idea of mass-produced everything, that we live in the era of mass-produced everything. Right. Just like, yeah, if you see something, there's a billion other of it yeah, somewhere else. Anymore, yeah. yeah, and in fact, books and music and all that stuff, things that used to have... Uh, hard, solid manifestations in reality that you could touch. Right, those you artifacts. Could, of you it, you right. could collect exactly artifacts. Right. Um, that's all gone. That's or it's going away. Right. So part of the art that he was getting into was the idea of super limited run, unique objects. Like, oh, I'm going to create like a thing. And I'm only going to create seven of them in the entire world, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna only sell seven of them. And if you got it, you got it. If you don't, you don't. And so I can see what Molly Cook's doing from that angle, of like 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 oh this is this is not just this is not just a another game to like stick on your shelf. It's like a unique and rare. It's like a piece. I don't. You I see don't, what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So I don't think. I don't think that's what he's going for. I think he's going for the boutique thing, which is cool. Like the the boutique thing is cool to a certain point where like, um, so a perfect example. I love Dungeon Crawl Classics, right? And Dungeon Crawl Classics is almost the the perfect example of kind of a meld between what you're talking about and and like what I call the sort of collector mentality, the boutique mentality. So you can buy a Dungeon Crawl Classics book right now, right? Sure. You can buy it, and that's cool. But there's also limited edition covers. It's the same fucking book, just different covers. Yeah. And they're they're not printed again. So once once they're out, they're out, and he'll never make them again, and that's it. And and that's sort of the boutique kind of thing where it's like I'm gonna cater to make a certain number of things, and it won't exist, and it's very ephemeral. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get it, you don't get it, and that's it. Um, I think that's different than like <coughs> creating a game inherently that is so cost prohibitive. And then the notion of having to share it with other people well, is, is just did, really absurd. He had that thing in the Kickstarter where he was talking about how it was a, uh, it was going to be like fine quality. It was going to have like the finest sourced components. Lament- Lamentations just like, is doing just that like, though, right? Lamentations? Yeah. Have you seen uh, uh, Red and Pleasant Land? Oh, I mean, it's got a cloth cover on it. It's and the art inside is beautiful. It's, well, it's a totally the, different thing. It's well, got that's because it was developed by a guy who's an artist. I mean, yeah. I think I think Homie has an MFA or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, it's it's and then Carcosa also has this kind of faux leather finish on it. But I mean, you could reprint those, no problem. You they're could. Not, I mean, but they're it, not. But, they're but not yeah. so nice that you. The, I mean, I don't think that there's any intrinsic value to the book based just on its own niceness. Well, it's it's a higher 
crafted thing, right? It's not just yeah. like a paperback. And, and I think I think there's a fine line between something commercial <laughs> being viable, and then you're just being you're being you're bilking somebody because <laughs> you know that they're going to want to buy the two hundred dollar <laughs> fucking book because you're yeah. Monty Cook and you know that you like oh uh, copies of Patolas go on on eBay for two hundred bucks yeah. and whatever yeah yeah I feel you yeah. Anyway, I think that sort of brings up an interesting point on Kickstarter and how I've sort of changed how I'm doing Kickstarter after talking to you for a long time, Brendan, mm. which is that, like, I'm trying to only support games that I won't see in a game store later. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, games that come out and, like, and, and I'll make exceptions here and there, but, like, but like uh, games that are going to fund but probably aren't going to go into print, like, where I can go to my local little game store and pick it up right they won't be yeah. mass produced and distributed oh yeah. You, yeah just just you i mean i think that's what kickstarter that's what that's what for all this crowdfunding and stuff is for right which is to bring ideas that wouldn't exist otherwise into fruition so i mean okay deadlands 20th anniversary or whatever i mean right. i think funded in like two yeah, that seconds was, that right? was the that was sort of the one that sort of like changed my mind where i was just like okay i want this but i can get this in the store later yeah support my lgs when i buy it right um i'm just gonna instead you know, support this other game, Synthesize. Synthesize. I'm so sad I don't get a copy of Synthesize. It's just too expensive right now. Yeah, it's well, I, I, I it looks it. cool, and and I'm, uh, you know, you'll have a chance to see my copy when it comes in. And, no, I'll uh, take a gander. Play. I'll take a gander at that. I, I'm doing and the I, same thing, man. Like uh, I support, um, uh, like there was a guy in LA, um, who he's he's like an actor, right? Like he he does like bit parts and commercials and things like that. And he's always loved role playing games, so he started making like these old school um, uh, modules. And some of them are like just really over the top. Some of them are just really fucking like, gruesome, and some of them are just really like sexual and stuff like that. Like, and they're really cool. And it's not something that I'm going to be able to find in a store. So, like, mm. all right, cool. I'm going to pay a little bit more money for a module than I normally would do, right? Like, so I'm going to pay you like twenty, twenty five bucks for the fucking thing. Oh, is that that crimson, crimson sky one? That's a different one. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one's out right now, and and that one, it's the same deal with that one, where it's it's this little module that's gonna come out, and and I'm gonna back it because I can't buy that in the store. I backed a there's a guy named uh, <laughs> uh, Verger Satanis, and of course he has a shaved head and a goatee, um, and he makes these like really fucking gonzo over the top, almost uh, like he's he's trying to push boundaries with sure, yeah. stuff, and um. And I, I, I got with like his Cthulhu seventies Cthulhu adventure, and because I'm not going to find that in a store, so like, yeah. all right, here's you know fifteen twenty bucks, give me yeah. this cool book. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, we'll wrap up this segment with me saying that last week on our show, I proclaimed that Mage: of The Awakening Second Edition from Onyx Path had not yet been released in print on demand. And that was true on Tuesday when I said that. But when I posted the episode on Wednesday, they had made it available. So that's now available for you if you really want a copy of uh, Mage the Awakening 2nd Edition from Onyx Path. It's on drive-thru. Um, I'll probably be picking one up soon. And that's what I've been tracking. Uh, so how about we take a little short break, just real quick, and then we'll come back. We'll talk to, to, to Jim about some gaming shit. And uh, what do you think? Sounds like a fucking plan. Great. Let's do it.
back, and we're about to talk to Jim Miller about Crit Hit. Yeah. Yeah, Jim, tell us about Crit Hit. So, all right, everybody, you guys remember, you remember last summer, this just this last summer, me and Ben, we went to this this convention, we had a lot of fun. Went to two conventions, one shitty and one amazing. Oh, one was so, so, so <laughs> very shitty. Never again. Um, but then one was rad. I'm going to try and make it better this year. You <laughs> um, but yeah, so Crit Hit was, 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 I thought Crit Hit was a real success. And yep. uh, we had a lot of fun. So now Jim's doing a little thing for October. It's right, like a yeah. Mini, it's like so a mini con kind of, right? Yeah, yeah. So a um, couple things on that. So I, I did Crit Hit and um, it, was, it, was, it was a good size, about 120 people. Um, I wanted I want to grow it obviously, um, and it's a it's an RPG convention basically here in Phoenix Arizona, and um, what I wanted to do was um, a couple things. One is is I really dig LA's convention game convention scene. Um, they have uh, they're basically like it's one company or one group, and they do three conventions a year, and it's it's really cool. They do uh. Uh, like I forgot what they call them, Strategicon and OrcCon. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've been to Strategicon. Yeah, it's yeah. Fucking amazing, right? It's like this. This is just a big gaming convention, and they do three. Yeah, of those it's pretty a year. good. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, it's not bad. I like it a lot, and and I like the idea that it's three three a year. So you know, three times a year, you're gonna go to a big gaming convention. You're just gonna sit down and play fucking games. Right, and they're and always so, in like the same place, so you know, in the, uh, around the same weekend, so you know when they're going to yeah, be. Yeah, you know when you just plan your life around it. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. So originally, I was going to do crit hit in July. I was going to do another crit hit in January, um, but I got beat to the punch by uh, Andrew Long, who's doing uh, Arizona Game Fair. Arizona Game Fair, right? And he's he's a legit dude. I think his his con is going to be really fucking cool. I'm really looking forward to like, you know, pushing the limited. A fandom that I have for crit hit to like go support this guy because the idea of like open board gaming and everything like that in January and then crit hit in July I think that's that's a perfect like bookend right you know every six months there's gonna be something specifically game and then you have and then the middle you got of those you have PCC which has open gaming and and some scheduled gaming and then you have um, PCC meaning Phoenix Comic-Con. Phoenix Comic Con sorry Phoenix Comic Con you have Phoenix Comic Con kind of in between those two. Um, which also, for some reason, is in the dead of summer too, right? Or they move that one? It's May, beginning of summer. Yes, kind of? beginning of May. Okay, yeah, so they so they stopped holding it in July. Yeah, yeah. which was like this is the silliest thing. Yeah, how all these guys dressed as RoboCop and like fucking 110 <laughs> degree heat. And exactly. You're like thinking like, how do you not die? Yeah, then they they do, and you know that's what you get for being a furry. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and then you have uh, what's the convention we just had in in uh, Tucson? Rincon was last weekend. Yeah, and that's so. There's four con- so four times a year you can go and game someplace, and I think that's amazing. But since I'm not doing that January one, one of the things that I, that I was struggling with was like, okay, I got I was lucky enough to get people to back, you know, my silly little convention, and I don't want to lose them. So how do I keep them engaged, and how do I build a community of gamers? Because my biggest thing is if I want to play a game, it's hard to find people. Who I can always find people to. I've always grown gamers, right? Like I, I I'll grow sure. gamers and I'll get people interested in, in playing a game. But it's always you know like a fantasy trope or something like that. And there's not enough people who really appreciate like, um, you know, the actual, you know, sort of the hardcore RPG thing, right? Yeah. And, and so those, you know, we all sit in little pockets. And so I want to do something to build a community of that. So, with that in mind, I'm doing um, crit hit sanity loss. And uh, that's going to be uh, an event on Sunday, October 9th. 
and that's just um just coming right up here this this weekend it's coming this weekend yeah and um, we probably should have covered this on the podcast a little <laughs> earlier that's my bad i didn't yeah. realize that it was like october already I mean, yeah i literally did up, not yeah. kind of realize it was gonna already october Shit, it snuck up on me too like i'm still trying to put the fucking thing together um but yeah i want to do a little something in uh, horror gaming and so it's gonna be there's gonna be rpgs of course because that's kind of the the staple of of uh of crit hit and there's also going to be some board games, some horror board games, because I really like board games as well. So there's going to be a little bit of that. It's going to be on Boulders on Broadway. So the whole idea is you're going to sit around for a day on a Sunday. And um, for, for for those of our listeners who who are not familiar with Boulders on Broadway, to me is one of the, is one of the best little kind of like uh, craft brew uh, bar grills you could in 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 the greater metro area. It is, yeah. It, it has it's it's in this it's in this kind of. Uh, airy kind of space where it has these it has these it's a two-story structure and there's a lot of open air where you can like see from the from the, the second the right. second story balcony you can see around it's very woodsy like uh yeah like a cabin a, kind of a thing yeah it feels like that on the inside yeah. a lot of exposed wood and uh like kind of like green and earth tones and stuff and it's always full of college kids and it feels it's got that collegey role playing kind of feel to it yeah. kind of earthy and yeah. not too slick nothing's too slick they got a bazillion craft beers on tap it's not pretentious it's uh, not pretentious no. no it started out as a as a bar grill that was um for like climbers for like climbers kind of climbers and cyclists yeah. like like the, that that combo these kind of outdoorsy dudes who wanted to like hang out and talk about their fucking bikes and they're right. they're like you know I don't know they're huh well fuck you people who go outside we're going to take our nerdy <laughs> yeah. fucking role playing games yeah. in there we're going to we're, we're going to be inside anyway but so so you got the whole second floor right yeah we're going to do the second floor up there and the idea is that we just sit around and play some games drink some beer you know, I have some some burgers and their their uh, their pizza nachos, which I really love. They, they got a their, great kitchen. Yeah, they got a good kitchen, and it's just all horror based because I'm a big horror fan, and um, and that's what it it's is. It's a like, month for horror, right? It's a month for horror. Yeah, so you know, I'm gonna gonna run some horror games, and um, and it's just to try and build and keep together that that sort of vibe that Crit Hit had. Is, like is there just together? And is there an admission fee? Nope, it's absolutely free. Wow. I'm I'm fronting the the cost to to rent out the top uh, floor. And uh, as long as everybody shows up and, you know, just buy a beer, buy a burger, you know, just do something. And um, then it should be good and they'll have us back there. They were very gracious and open to the idea of having just a bunch of nerds take over their top floor for an entire day. Awesome. Good. Uh, I mean, I like to hear that. Maybe we'll get like a little bit of representation from the uh, the kind of metal nerd posse that the, 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 the looks like they should be inhabiting a bar anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like we need to totally just go up there and just just hang out and play games all day. Yeah, so, indeed. So there's going to be some scheduled games, and then uh, I'm going to take some of my personal gaming uh, board game library up there, and that's that's one of a couple events that Crit Hit is doing actually. So how has it been in this uh, foraging of the community? Like, I you the Crit Hit Facebook page has been very active. How 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 do you feel it's coming together? Um, I think it's it's slow. I think people don't uh really kind of look to it yet to find you know players and things like that i think uh, there's uh, been a couple games that have gone off but not, not oh interesting like. you see i never even considered that as yeah. a as, as a as oh i should go on crate hit and try and find players there yeah. I, never, that, I guess i guess what we could probably use as a community is some kind of like mixer or something yeah because it's so it really is so hard to meet new gamer right. chaps you know it, it's kind of a, it's, it's it's kind of a pisser yeah yeah, and and I think um, I think that's that's kind of what I want to start doing is getting together and have these little get-togethers, these little game days where we just chill and drink and and um, 
and get to meet other people so you can put a you know a face to the name so to speak yeah yeah so uh yeah i'm doing that one uh in october and then uh december i think i told you this like at the bar when we went to the meetup no december i'm doing uh crit hit sleigh bells oh i had not heard this this is new to yeah. me so we're breaking it here on on the podcast um crit hit sleigh bells is going to be a toy drive um little <laughs> nice. event at I like it. outpost i talked to darren from Piro outpost game one of the best game shops you can find in arizona and uh, he has a really big beautiful space and he said we can go ahead and have this event there and it's going to be a toy drive kind of a thing so the way it's going to work is if you know you buy a toy and and donate it you're going to get like extra rolls and do-overs and little things to sort of get you out of shit in the game yeah and um and i want to do that and, and collect these toys up and i'm going to find a charity that we can we can donate them to probably there's one out there for like um uh kids of vets and things like that uh-huh. um because I'm, I'm big into veteran stuff so I want to want to do that for uh, crit hit sleigh bells, and again, keeping that community spirit thing for the. Are you going to intentionally misspell sleigh bells? Yeah, it's S L A Y. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. All right, good. Like you're going to kill shit. Good. I don't need to get like a bloody Santa or something. Yeah, yeah. All right, great. Hey, that's something to look forward to. And then, oh, other things. I'm going to do Arizona Game Fair, and then other. Big are you news. running there? Or are you running some games? I'm going to. I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to. You're, you're just attending. You're just attending. No, I'm going to run some games. I'm going to have a little table there because I should. In January, I'm kickstarting uh, Crit Hit 2017, so I'll have a table there with like a computer, and if you want to like go ahead and pledge there, you can. I'm not going to sell anything because I can't. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, it's just to get awareness out for the con. And then the big news was uh, for Phoenix Comic Con, which is arguably the biggest convention. It is the biggest convention in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, um, Crit Hit is actually going to have its own room. Oh, so that's got to set you back wow. a pretty penny there. No, no, I'm doing this as as a volunteer for the convention, but they're going to give me a room to run so I can cuz I I keep bitching, I've been bitching for years that like I love I love Pathfinder, I love the Pathfinder Society. Sure. I love the the D&D group. Yeah. But there's other games besides those two and those two take up two giant rooms in the hotel where they have gaming for Phoenix Comic Con. So, I've been bitching about how, like, all the smaller games were getting lost in these things. Like, I personally have ran games in the Pathfinder room, and I've had people walk right by me not realizing I was a dude who was running it because they thought they were looking at a bunch of Pathfinder players. Yeah. Oh, no. If if, – if I was looking for an indie game, I wouldn't look in the Pathfinder room because yeah. you, you assume because uh, uh, what's it? Pathfinder Society and D and D Adventures League they usually stake out territories. It's yeah, kind of like and, le- and they're legit. It's like, man. It's, they, like, it's like the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, and they come in like fucking like guns blazing. They got all their posters and all their sign up sheets, and they're totally professional. And, like they know what the fuck they're doing. And uh, and I'm in there with my goofy little fucking game, and <laughs> I get lost. Um, and then you have, um, you know, uh, what is it, the Wrecking Crew? I think they do oh, Vampire yeah, yeah. in the back. They have, like, a boardroom that they get to do Vampire and stuff. But uh, so they said, all right, fine. Um, what if we give you an entire room, and you just do all your little indie, your silly little indie games in there? Will that Sweet. shut you up? And so finally to shut me up, they're going to let Crit Hit do a room. Of well, you're very game. busy, man. You got a lot going on. So that's that's the plan. And the idea is, again, to keep the community going and, and get people engaged and getting people, more importantly, to try all these cool games that, you know, there's stuff outside of, like, the big four or five games that people know. Yeah, indeed, indeed. In fact, what you just said kind of reminds me of something I saw in Drive Through RPG. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, because I was getting the price on that Mage of the Awakening book. Anyway, <laughs> um... <laughs> uh, 
Have you guys heard of this? This um, Shadowrun Anarchy book that's coming out? No. Have you guys no. heard of this? No, I haven't heard of this. It's like the guys at Catalyst have heard the cry for the narrative game, and they're releasing a stripped-down edition of Shadowrun. So you can run Shadowrun without all the mathy bullshit. And it's, it's, they're I, going I, indie on it. Yeah. Wow. It's going to be called Shadowrun Anarchy, and it's going to focus on the story and not on the on the math. And I'm just like, what? I'll take two. <laughs> There's a guy at Chessex going like, fuck you, Catalyst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, how am I dice? <laughs> well, I mean. This is how I pay for my kid's college, you fuck. <laughs> he's, he's only selling D6s. If it's, That's true, and, yeah. uh, and uh, the Warhammer kids will always need those, too. <laughs> those giant gobs of D6s. True. Cool, I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, it's only in PDF right now. It's like twenty bucks for the PDF. I want a, a, a physical copy. I just want. I'm, I'm like that dude. I just I went into the fucking store today. I bought an actual CD. I bought an, a, a real CD. I mean, I like the physical shit. I share that with you with books, not the CD part. Yeah, that's yeah. like that's a little over the top for me. Yeah, I'm. I'm lately. I've been like, I, like I. So when Drive Through RPG started like years and years ago, I was all about it, and like my PDF collection on there is fucking ridiculous. Really? Yeah, it's really bad. And um. Uh, but in the last year or so, or two years since I got into Powered by the Apocalypse games, like I really want those books. Like I really yeah. want those little indie books, and and there's such a low price point again that twenty twenty five dollars for a game. Like yeah, I want them, and I and I love the digest size. I'm a sucker for fucking digest size books. You know when digest size I first encountered it, I remember the it was when I bought uh, my Lamentations core book. Yeah, and I had seen the picture of it, and I was expecting it to be uh like D and D yeah. size, yeah. right? And I wanted I wanted to see that cover in D and D size, so I had to special order it from a place in L.A. called Arrow Hobbies, and uh, they're like, "Oh, your book's in," so I like went down there a second I had a free day. Like here's your book, and then me this little thing that looks like a fucking Jughead comic, and I was like, uh, "What? <laughs> That's <laughs> this cute. Is a, Do what? you have this, this in is, man size? <laughs> this is my role playing game." And um, and so at first, whenever your expectations are somehow subverted, there's a sense of disappointment, right? Right. I guess that's the nature of you know the uh, the the root of all uh, suffering is right. desire, right? Right, right. So, but once I got used to it. Now I fucking love them. Oh, They're yeah. so much easier to carry around. Oh, yeah. They're they so totally much are. lighter. They don't fucking you don't have to have a giant bag full of books. You see those guys who yeah, bring yeah, in yeah. Their, like milk crates yeah, yeah, full yeah. of books. Like, you can tell somebody's running Pathfinder because they literally have milk crates in the game store full of books. So fun fact is like, uh, so I'm not just pushing crit hit shit, but like the crit hit bag. The yeah. reason I went with that specific bag was one of the bill- so crit hit had like one of the, one of the the pledge levels was like a messenger bag. And uh, it's it's a really nice quality bag. That was what I was looking for. Number one was a good quality bag. But what sold me on this one versus other people who sent me samples was that there's two pockets in the front that fit digest size books. Yeah. Yep. I fucking jizzed all over the bag as soon as I saw. It. I was like, Ooh. oh, my books fit in here. Fuck yeah. And because uh, I love that format, I love like Savage Worlds is the one who got me into that. Like Savage Worlds, they have their little explorer book. Yeah. Yeah. Like Ten bucks. And oh, I fucking love that thing. And. And then I'm so glad that more companies do these little digest size books. I I really like the crit hit bag. I'm not gonna lie. When I f- when I saw that there was a giveaway bag, I thought it was like kind of like when you you know go to Whole Foods or something, and they like they're like here, take this bag, and yeah. you're like, <laughs> like oh okay, it's, uh, all right, it, you know, free advertising, and it's gonna fall apart in like two weeks. Right. But I use that crit hit bag every single day. No, no, no. It's, it had to be solid. Like it's um, great. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I actually got contacted. There's a there's a 
game company who saw my bag. Oh, nice. Yeah, and they're like, where did you get that from? So I passed on the information to them. and So they're going to like have a similar bag out soon. So that's kind of cool. But Well, you did it first, man. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's – I love Digest books. Love them. Yeah, dude. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, fellas, I feel like we're kind of winding down here. What do you guys think? I think so. Yeah, right on. All right. Well, all of you Mike and Id slang motherfuckers out there, if you want to get in touch with us, again, that's uh, at FullMetalRPG on Instagram. You can get in touch with me personally at Brendan Carrion on Instagram. Uh, find Shadow Sworn Adam. He's at Adam.Sync on Instagram. And even uh, the Warlord Amanda just started a uh, oh, an Instagram account. So uh, you can go on there and find her. I don't know if she's posting a lot. She says she, she's more of a, she says she's more of a reposter. Uh, so you can find her. She's inside the the FMRPG. We have she we follow uh, the Warlord Amanda. Um, Jim, you're on you're on Insta, right? Uh, my personal one is on there, but you know what? I th- I've been you know I was skeptical of the whole Instagram thing because like like Twitter is big everywhere in the world except for Arizona. Yeah, and that's absolutely true. Like every place else you go in the world, Twitter is like the thing. But here, it's not like it's just not used by anybody except for like tech people. Um, so it's like ah, Instagram's gonna be the same. Um, but it's really active, like, and it's really cool. And I can show off books, and yeah. I like that. So I think I, that's going to be a thing that I'm going to do is just kind of, like, take pictures of my books, like book porn, like, just like, check out this sweet fucking You clearly book. haven't fucking scrolled through my... Oh, I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what I saw you do, porn. and I was like, I need to fucking shoot fucking dirty pictures of my role-playing. <laughs> and it's not dirty like my dick's on it. <laughs> but hey, but I, I, I just want to make sure you understand. Whatever your boat, dude. Whatever floats your boat. Like, yeah, but you yeah. know what? The pictures are fucking sexy of these books, and I'm like, oh, I got to buy that book. Just, just, Just so we're clear with the listeners. If you watch my Instagram, you saw that picture of Rifts, Megaverse in Flames. I do not own that book. I would never buy a copy of Rifts, Megaverse <laughs> in Flames. That the, the title of that book was just so over the top stupid that I couldn't. It was it was it was so maximalist. I'm like the whole Megaverse like, is in flames. Yes. I was like, oh Jesus, get me out of here. You have to do mega damage to it. <laughs> <and all laughs> that, <laughs> it's, uh, Which anyway. is really a hundred regular. I don't know how the math works. Uh, we're also on uh, FullMetalRPG.com. That is our webpage. You can find us there. Uh, Shadowsworn Adam has been doing some phenomenal work on there. He's got some good links up right now. And then we are... I've been talking with him about getting some serious writing up there on a regular basis because it's kind of pathetic. We've got this great webpage and we don't actually post on it. So, um... If that wasn't enough to dissuade you from going on it, go on there and check out the stuff that Adam's writing. It's great. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Shadows from Radio Hour. I'm your host, Brendan. Uh, Fullman RPG, you mean? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm tired as fuck. All right. Yeah, I'll cut that out. Uh, you can just you just call me you just call me Shadows from Adam. That's fine. No, I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm tired. All right, you guys have a good night. I'm out. <laughs> Later. Bye. Saturday night, Saturday
Saturday 